2: The Telegraph. Telegraph.
3: Podcasts.
4: Hello and welcome to Telegraph Fashion Unzipped, a new behind-the-scenes take on the Telegraph fashion team's hottest stories, plus what we're wishlisting, wearing, and talking about this week. Today we're recording our first episode, and we're launching with an in-depth look at the Fashion Awards – This is our first episode, so we're new to this whole podcasting game. Really, we just thought that it was about time that we invited you into the conversations we have every day on the fashion desk. All the chat, none of the deadlines. But before we dive in, let's start with some introductions. And since it's holiday shopping season, everyone around the table say who you are, what you do at The Telegraph, and share your latest purchases, either for yourself or for lucky people receiving your gifts. Um, I'll start. I'm Emily Cronin, Senior Fashion Editor. And I'm pretty excited about my new Zara dress. It is stripy, it is sparkly, and someone on the team here, who's in this room right now, thought that it might have been Missoni, which is always a thrill. That was me. I'm Lisa Armstrong. I'm the head
1: of fashion. And I'm obviously not very good at spotting high street differences with um, the much more expensive version. My my buy this week is um, a sock boot. This always happens to me. I wrote a column about three or four weeks ago about why the sock boot was hideous. And now that's all I want because I've realised come the cold weather that when you're wearing shorter trousers as is the fashion what do you do about that expanse between your I've got it now between your 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 socks and your bare leg what you want is this sock boot that goes quite a bit up your your shin and then problem solved you've got this very sleek line and hopefully the the stretchy bit is holding everything in cankles the whole lot and it's sort of like corset for for ankles what's not to like I now love the sock boot. I'm stalking so many pairs online.
4: I want them now. This is the problem with our office. I'm
2: Charlie ganser I'm the acting senior fashion news and features editor. I have a bit of a cold, uh, so I'll try not to deep, heavy breathe into the microphone. Um, But basically, yesterday evening, I self-soothed. I am ill, so I thought, you know, I deserved a bit of a treat, and I popped in... To the leve sample sale without
1: telling any of us, oh. which is very
2: unsisterly. It was an accident. I tripped and I fell, and into I the d- sample <laughs> sale. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! Emerged yeah. with a handbag. Oh, it it
0: broke your fault. <laughs> yeah, it's beautiful. It's <laughs>
2: brocade silk. I mean, it will go with minimal things, but that's not that's not criteria I was looking for. And do you feel better today? Charlie? I feel fantastic. Yeah, I mean nasal, but fantastic <laughs> and well accessorized. Soon to come to the NHS, perhaps. <laughs> I'm Bethan Holt.
5: I'm the Fashion News and Features Director at The Telegraph. Late last week, I treated myself to um, a new DVF dress. It's polka dot silk, really fabulous to dance in. It was my birthday party this weekend, so I thought I needed a new dress for that and I'm extremely pleased with it and I've justified it to myself because not only is it perfect for party season and perhaps I could wear it with a polo neck top underneath as well but I think it will work into summer and it just feels gorgeous and I've always loved what Jonathan Saunders does and now he's at at Diane von Furstenberg it was definitely trying to treat myself to something. I'm still reveling in that purchase. So (laughs) the main event today of
4: course is the Fashion Awards.
5: The Fashion Awards are a bit like the British fashion industry's office Christmas party but as you might expect, everything is far glitzier than your average workplace shindig. Uh, The event used to be called the British Fashion Awards but was renamed last year without the British bit to reflect the very global nature of the industry. It's held at the Royal Albert Hall, so it's all fabulously glamorous, of course. But the awards really reflect who the most influential people have been in fashion this year, from the business side of things to what we've all been wearing and who's been steering the industry's biggest talking points. So let's begin with everyone's best dressed on the red carpet. What did we all think? Emily, who, whose look were you into?
4: Yasmin Laban. She wore red lace off the shoulder preen. And on the red carpet with her red strappy shoes and her wavy hair, she kind of looked like, like the birth of Venus, recast in red lace on a red carpet. I mean, who wouldn't want that? Also, I interviewed her recently and she is just so... She's lovely. She's she's down to earth. And funny. Very funny. I and
1: mean, genuinely funny because, you know, a lot of models aren't, but she's so self-deprecating as well and bright and and scatty and
4: just very delightful. She is. And so I it, it was kind of a you know three cheers for someone nice being my favorite look on the red carpet last night and
5: I like that she kind of stays faithful she wears a lot of preen doesn't she and I think she's often at their shows and so it's nice that she chose them for that moment as well and she was there with the designer yeah yeah. she was
4: there she actually posted a really sweet Instagram or maybe it was Thea Bragazzi who who posted it the preen designer they were together on the red carpet girls night out it's a good one. Actually, it is a
1: mega girls' night out, isn't it? There's lots of there's lots of gangs of women pictured together, looking just incredible. Really, actually, people generally look amazing. They really pull the stops out. But I, you know, there's lots of people who aren't well known. The one I, and that won't really resonate with anybody outside this room, probably. But the famous person I thought looked incredible was Rita Ora. I mean, she did two looks. She did the sort of the Versace Baroque print from 1991 when she sang Freedom during the show, which was really rousing. I mean, she wow, she's got a voice and people were even standing up and dancing. But at the beginning, she wore a Versace sequin dress, which maybe sounds a bit yawn. We've all seen that before, but not on Rita's body. You haven't seen it before. She, she looked naked. But, but in a good way. It wasn't vulgar. She looked... She just, she, she looked like a shimmering mermaid, actually. She's, I
5: She's more of a goddess than people give her credit for, I think. You she know? really is, because yeah. I think, you know,
1: I think it, she's got the problem of someone who kind of got known on the red carpet almost before she got known for what she does. She has an amazing voice, and she's got a really good personality, but, uh, you know, I think... It was the same problem for Sienna Miller for years. She was always famous for being famous and turning up at events looking incredible. And that made people really underestimate her acting. Anyway, Rita Aura in sequence by Versace.
2: I think she is a bit of an over-enthusiastic fashion trier, though, sometimes. Yes, I think that's right. And that's why
1: that dress was so good, because it was so simple. It was just Rita, no underwear, apparently. I don't know how Emily knows this. (laughs) Because I saw her perform
3: once, and let me tell you,
4: that's her approach. (laughs) More power to her. (laughs) It's quite nice, though, sometimes
5: when you see someone who doesn't always get it right on the red carpet, and then you see them get it right. It's a little bit more gratifying than someone who's just all, next. Who was yours, Bethan? Um, well, just for the pure fashion fabulousness of it, I loved Giovanna Battaglia Engelbert. Me too.
1: Um, Who else could wear a sort of cape dress Yeah, it's I mean, practically the same circumference as the Albert Hall?
5: Yes. I mean, it was just exactly what you would think a A fabulous fashion editor would wear to a fashion awards ceremony at the beginning of the festive period. It was a big Richard Quinn green and blue printed confection of gorgeousness and only she could carry it off and um, so it's not probably not a look that we'll all be emulating but she just she just looked great. I've got to
1: say as someone who doesn't really go to those kinds of events all the time It takes up so much time. I had hair and makeup done yesterday and, um, you know, finding the right dress, borrowed, obviously, jewellery, borrowed, getting the shoes, the bag, coordinating everything. Hats off to people like Giovanna Battaglia who do that the whole time. It's it's a job.
5: Yeah, people sort of discredit those people and say how... That, you know, well, it's probably, turn up and not, it's look probably lovely, not the most but, important um,
1: thing you can do in the world. Yeah, However, yeah. events like that really need people like that. Yeah, you know. To- and
5: she was support. She could have worn any designer, and she, you know, she wore Richard Quinn, who's up, up
4: and coming, young. He's just won an H and M award. He he opened a print works in Peckham, I think. He's all about supporting young designers who want to print their own fabrics. And, uh, and he also has done a line of upholstery fabrics for John Lewis, which will hopefully be released very soon. You couldn't be more British than that. You could <laughs> not.
5: Giovanna, look in your living room. Exactly. I think he thought that, was, uh, that,
4: that dress was actually a prototype for a, for a slipcover. Charlie, what about you? <clears throat> uh,
2: mine has to be Pamela Anderson.
1: You've I mean, fallen in love with her, haven't oh, you? Oh, she looked
4: fabulous.
2: She. Is in incredible shape as she has always been. Uh, Black sequins, Mm -hmm. this this gorgeous gown off one shoulder. Her skin looked fantastic. I was obsessed. So obviously we've got our best dressed, most dressed, Carly Kloss. Seven different looks on the night. Uh, Obviously she was co-host, so she did have a reason to change her outfit. Though I think for many of us that's perhaps a little far. She wore kind of all nominated designers, uh, everything from vintage Versace to kind of Gucci with a big corsage on the front. I loved her Vivienne Westwood, the red, that she wore on the red carpet. I don't know what you guys thought. That was
5: spectacular. I mean, I I don't think I can choose a favourite of those looks because she, I mean, Carly is just like kind of the ultimate modern supermodel, isn't she? So she kind of was a brilliant ambassadoress for everything that she wore but um i just want to know how long it took her to put that put all that together with her she has got a super stylist behind her carla welch hasn't she he's become
2: like hollywood's favorite stylist i so. would love to see backstage getting dressed into the calvin klein yes which was this kind of futuristic blue was it leather i think it was leather dress with these way above the elbow latex, latex gloves it, she was kind of Burgundy. like a like
4: a richard prince kind of saucy nerves. I imagine there was a lot of
2: talc happening backstage. I hope they had a designated area for that.
4: But they were completely different looks. Her hair was different, the shoes, the accessories, she must have she must have had to rehearse those changes can you imagine
5: well she must be an absolute professional at that anyway because she is renowned for managing to kind of do a catwalk show change into three or four looks all the while handing out cookies and you know being a tech entrepreneur that's right
4: coding coding with carly's cookies she did have
2: um the hairdresser larry king tucked backstage so, right. you so maybe know, he had talc in one perhaps, hand, comb in the other. Perhaps if we all had such a glam squad, we could, you know, maybe we should start after lunch in the office, <laughs> changing into
4: something a little more appropriate.
2: Oh, gosh, Charlie, that would just <laughs> make our days.
4: Sequins were a huge story last night. It was like the Royal Albert Hall was sponsored by Kira Kira at the Instagram. Yeah. Um, who else was wearing sequins? Oh,
1: there were lots of sequins that probably. 50% were in sequins. It's it, it's really interesting, isn't it? Because the man I was sitting next to and I were having a discussion about, he said to me, he's a businessman, and he said, this doesn't feel like recession to me. And so we went off into a long discussion about what recession looks like because actually, in a way, I always think sequins are a good recession kind of barometer because it's like the whole Busby Berkeley fabulous, you know, movies of the 30s Hollywood in the depths of the Great Recession then, people really flocked to the cinema, didn't they, for escapism. Well, um, that's also what Michael <clears throat>
4: Halpern said. Michael Halpern, uh, of course, is the British designer who created Adwa Abba's dress and he won the award last night, British emerging talent women's wear. I spoke to him backstage and he had something to say on why he felt sequins were the perfect prescription.
0: I think the world
1: is, is really shitty right now and it's a great way of escapism a really simple answer. It's super direct. It's, it's escapism, and that's really it.
4: One of the most watched women's wear wearers is Meghan Markle. If it yeah. were up to you, what would you design for her wedding gown?
1: Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I think she's quite she's quite a, a minimalist kind of clothes wearer. So I like pe- putting people in another context. You know, what is wearing tonight is not traditionally Adwa. So It's really fun kind of playing this personality, and I think fashion enables you to be able to do that. So maybe something super, super glam for for Megan, super over-the-top.
4: Like fuchsia, gold, swirly, sequin, bell-bottoms?
1: I mean, are we talking her wedding or just like a party?
4: Or the the wedding after-party, whatever you want. After-party,
1: we would go mega-walk.
5: Can I just say, I would... Absolutely adore it if Meghan Markle wore a halpin sequined dress for her wedding too. It would be so good Prince Harry.
2: <laughs> it would be in the, in the chapel at <laughs> <of laughs> would Better though if the Duchess decided to wear sequins yes. to yes. Meghan's wedding. Oh, oh my oh, gosh! Yes. If she was a bridesmaid and like <laughs>
4: Amal Clooney's, you know, psychedelic, multicolored, disco-flared jumpsuit. I
5: mean. Be- it could happen. Who knows. I think we
4: would all combust. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we heard Michael Halpern talking about Adwa Abua, who was who wearing one of his dresses. And she's someone who's really had an incredible year. I mean, she's gone from being definitely recognized as a cool London girl to someone who is a must book name for a lot of shows. And a lot of brands. She was in the Pirelli calendar shot by Tim Walker. She was in a major gap campaign. <clears throat> she was on the cover of Vogue. And now she's model of the year. And one of the things that I find interesting is that at a moment when anyone would would understand if she just wanted to relax and celebrate, kick up her heels a little. And she did do a little shimmy for us on Instagram. <laughs> she's, uh, she's really using the spotlight to draw attention to the causes that are dear to her heart. And she talked to me a little about that backstage as well.
3: There's so many exciting things, you know, working with Heads Together, Girls Talk really taking a new shape and form and becoming something that I could have, like, you know, always dreamt of it being and, you know, working with Save the Children and now becoming an ambassador for um, the British Fashion Council. So it's, I mean... and then good something? And then let's not forget the British Vogue cover. So, I mean... How has that changed things for you?
4: What are some of the best responses that you've gotten to it?
3: Um, I think to be kind of acknowledged for the work that I'm doing, they're you know, they're just working like side by side, I feel. Um, And now, you know, with all the work that I'm going to hopefully do with um, the British Fashion Council is so important and I start doing the work that I do outside of the fashion industry within it with all the girls um, because they are pioneers for everything that's going on at the moment. So I'm very proud to be beside them.
5: I think Adwa is just proof that fashion is just in need of women of substance you know and her her kind of success and the way that she's singled herself out above above all others I think is because she is such a powerful advocate for mental health and you know she's really used her fashion platform and I think that's something that the fashion industry not only really needed but has you know has really grasped onto as well
1: I I agree, Beth, and I think the problem with the fashion industry is it has this incredibly short attention span. You know, last year, it was all about older models. They were all over the catwalks, and so we thought, yay, things are really changing, and then they disappeared. This year, it's become fashionable to have a cause. So whether it's feminism or it's sustainability, I just wonder if that will will last. You know, Stella McCartney said... um, said something very interesting, I think, last night to Emily about how slow this industry is, actually.
4: I know that innovation starts with impossible dreams, and what are some things that seem impossible now that you think we may all be embracing in fashion and in the not-so-distant future?
1: I just think fashion really changing dramatically in the way that it sources and manufactures and you know we use sort of the same 12 fibers in fashion and we have done for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years so if we can sort of get a different mindset like every other industry quite frankly on the planet is moving forward and, and it's sort of an agent for change and I think the fashion industry we're supposed to lead that stuff right other than color and silhouette Diversity, rightly so, has become a huge rallying cry because nothing was less diverse than the catwalks of fashion for so many years. And now it's got this hashtag in front of it. It just concerns me that that means that, you know, next year it will be so 2017. I I really hope that's not the case. But um, fashion doesn't have a great track record of sticking with its favourite causes.
4: Does this feel different to you or does it feel like something that is so positive could, in fact, end up being a trend?
1: No, it definitely it does feel different because people are now questioning the status quo and they never they would complain about the status quo before, you know, the fact that models would get badly treated not just, you know, sexual harassment, but just generally like the whole incident that happened at Balenciaga earlier this year when all those models were kept waiting on a dark, unlit stairwell for three hours, I think, and they weren't given any information, they weren't given any food, they probably felt they couldn't even go to the bathroom, you know, those kinds of things. There would always be eye-rolling about that in the past in the fashion industry, but it was like, oh, you know, that's the way fashion is. You've got to be tough to survive. It was almost a badge of... Of, of honor to go through all that. And I think to have a model like Adwoa that that did, people weren't outspoken like that in the past. So I think we are at a moment. I just hope that we we keep the the energy even the anger of this moment because you know so much of this even in fashion is being propelled by what is happening with Trump. And these things have happened for for a for a long time, but having someone, the most powerful office in the world, embodies so much of those values, has actually it's really rejuvenated all the causes. So, um, fashion really needs to stick to its guns and not just be flighty about it. Which,
4: well, in the U.S., it, I, I read that it's driving more women to run for elected office because they're just exactly. powered by fury right now. But, meanwhile, last night, you know, Maria Grazia Curie won the Swarovski Award for Positive Change. Yes. And she's someone who drew so much attention for showing a T-shirt in a collection, yep. 490 pound T-shirt, ladies yep. and gentlemen, uh, that said we should all be feminists. Yes. So was that... She got, you know,
1: that that has divided a lot of people because there are people who say that it's, commodi- you know, it commodified uh, feminism and... You know, £495 for a T-shirt, which is an outrageous amount of money. Um It's Dior, Lisa. It's, it's Dior. She said to me last week that she was secretly... Well, not so secretly because she was telling me in the Telegraph readers, but she had been thrilled when that T-shirt got ripped off left, right and centre because she said it meant that the cause was greater than the label, which I thought was really nicely put. And I think... You can be as cynical as you like about these things, but I think her feminism is 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 heartfelt. She's always citing her 20-year-old daughter, Raquele. And, um, you know, she's of a generation that didn't have to think too much about feminism because people like Trump weren't in power. And we thought that the battles had been mainly won, how naive we were. She's got a 20-year-old daughter who is a very sort of um, visceral reminder that that it hasn't been won. There's nothing like seeing your own daughter... In a vulnerable position to um, fire you up, and I think that's what's happened to her. And you know, have people come to the cause via Dior? You know, it can't hurt. We, it, it can't hurt. We can. We could maybe be a bit skeptical about it, but it it can't hurt.
4: Let's not lose sight of of what these awards mean to the designers. You know, there were people backstage who credited the awards with really keeping their businesses afloat. Uh, yesterday I spoke to Craig Green, who was a second-year-in-a-row winner. He still couldn't believe it. He still didn't write a speech. And, of course, Jonathan Anderson from Lueve and his own JW Anderson label. And Virgil Abloh from Off-White. Let's hear what they had to say. Hi, Craig. Hi, how did the award that you won last year change things for your brand? And, and what what insight does that give you into how this one may propel you in the coming year? Uh,
3: I mean, I I guess you kind of never really know what's gonna happen, but um, yeah, the last year's kind of helped us to kind of solidify our kind of commercial strength and also kind of like help us in different terms of collaborative projects and kind of more press-related things, I guess, so. And we've grown our team like almost double in the last year, so all of those things, I guess probably are, Related to winning that award because it's a huge kind of nod from the industry. Virgin, oh. hi.
4: Congratulations. I, I, it's really, it feels like this is your year. We've been talking about Off-White so much lately. What does winning this award mean to you?
3: It means a ton, you know, like at this sort of like industry pace where I think everyone sitting in that room upstairs is about advancing the industry. You know, no one is sort of interested in doing it just for like doing it's sake and so to get acknowledgement from a room that the work meets a certain threshold is nothing but good does it get old no it never gets old um uh, because i think you know for me it's really good for the team because i think then they know that they're doing a good job um i am an ambassador for them um but you know i ultimately can't do it with them or without an industry to be able to you know hold it and be here so
4: what do you do with all your trophies
3: What do I do with them? They actually sit in my CEO's office. I don't really have... I find it very difficult to look at them because I feel embarrassed. I feel like if people were to come around, they would be like, oh, wow, you know, what's going on?
4: (laughs) Lisa, what was the atmosphere actually like inside the awards? Well, it depends who you talk
1: to. You know, some people thought it was much, much too long. And for some reason, it started half an hour late. And there was too much chat. There was definitely too much chat on the stage. But other people, I bumped into Stuart Vivas, the director, the designer uh, coach uh, on the way out, and he absolutely loved it. It was very, very glamorous. I think people feel it is an amazing event now that's transformed itself from the ramshackle days of, of old when all the presenters were drunk and they were all sort of um, off Hollyoaks. But
4: that was so much fun. I mean, in the ramshackle days, like, I remember I was, you know, I was an online news editor and got to go to the event at the Savoy and sit oh, no, in the no, gods God. and drink champagne. Oh, no, I'm not talking and about then. That was
1: on the journey to recovery. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm talking about... I can remember when they were at the um, Royal Albert Hall... You know, first time round. And they were ramshackle and they used to be on TV. And actually when they're on TV, it's pretty dreadful because they have to keep cutting and redoing scenes and everybody is so drunk by 11 <laughs> p.m. And it may have been fun once, but it was very, very unfun on the 15th time. And also it wasn't good for the industry. You know, this is incredible for the UK, actually. And sort of serious note, but with Brexit looming, we need to show that we're more international than ever. So I think opening them up, having all those big, big names from across the fashion platform, you know, from Paris, New York, a Raph Simmons winning designer of the year is is a good thing. And it's controversial because some people would still like them to be the British Fashion Awards.
5: But you just can't have a a British only industry now. Everything is even if it is London Fashion Week, immediately it's beamed around the world and everyone has to work with everyone across the world. So It's a global
4: industry. And yeah. Well, in London, and you know, it's obviously
1: that event had had quite some sponsorship from the Qataris last night. Jack Whitehall made lots of... Um, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek references to the Qatari table. There's lots of handsome men on that table, I noticed. But, um, you know, are they... Are they vying for... I know, them and Virgil. <laughs> God, Virgil's That'll my new crush. Man. Wow. Um, but um, they wouldn't be interested in a parochial event. It's got to have global traction. Well, I just wish that the Fashion Awards had tackled the big elephant in the room, which was, of course, all the sexual misconduct that seems to be rife in the industry and obviously okay it's a celebration you don't want to go on the dark side but you know it would have been really great to see Cameron Russell that amazing model who has been doing a lot of whistleblowing and supporting models who've been confiding their experiences to her and also you know her TED talk this year was it this year or last year was one of the most watched talks ever so it would have been great to have seen some kind of award slash nod to her have her there in some capacity but there was none of that and i thought that was a bit of a missed opportunity
4: well there's always next year if we don't solve it by then (sighs) i'll be over their causes next year oh i hope not well for more on the fashion awards pick up a copy of today's telegraph
5: or take a look at telegraph fashion online for all the best red carpet looks for this and every other event this season and beyond
4: before we go, let's share something that we're all excited about this week.
5: Um, well, I am. Um going to a screening of The Phantom Thread, which is Daniel Day-Lewis's oh, I oh, to new yeah. film about a, a British couturier in the 1950s. Do you know, I found myself on that set, beth
1: oh, accidentally, oh, I was going to a dinner in the summer, a Bowdoin <laughs> dinner, and I was in Fitzrovia Square and they, they blocked it, they said, no, you can't go, we're shooting. So I had to stand there for about five minutes watching all these amazing vintage cars, Wow. Um, they use, they use that square a lot mm. because it, it's so unspoilt. And there was, um, there was uh, flags flying from the buildings and there were people in 1950s costumes. It was absolutely mesmerising. So I feel very invested in that film and I can't believe I haven't been invited to the screening. Well, we'll see <laughs> if
5: we can sneak you in. But apparently it's going to be the, the talk of Oscar season as well. So be very interested to see that.
4: Well, mine's a film too. I was in the U.S. I just got back. I was there for two weeks and did kind of my annual cinema trip. And we saw Lady Bird, which is... Oh, yes. Mm. And unfortunately, doesn't come out in the UK until February, but it's set in 2002, 2003. It's Greta Gerwig's directorial debut. I love her. Stars wow. Saoirse Ronan as a high school senior, the same year that I was in my final year of high school. And it's this very, very um, gentle, like, Big hearted coming of age story with Alanis Morissette, Justin Timberlake and Dave Matthews band on the soundtrack, and lots of great turn of the decade fashion, uh, spaghetti strap tops over rib T shirts and well, Whale tails.
1: What's that? Whale tails. Do you know what those? No, I oh, don't know they the call them that is. in America. You know when because we were wearing hipsters
4: so you could see everyone's thongs at the back, <gasps> and there were no visible thongs. She went to Catholic school, yes. so, shame. But it, it's just a gorgeous movie, and I'm already I, I'm already excited about seeing it again. So mark your calendars Thank for that. February.
2: Uh, well, I'm personally excited to uh, drop this cold and head off to Thailand. I've got a friend's wedding, um, so I'm flying off on Saturday. But I am currently panic packing. And um, wishing I could have a stern word with whoever invented the uh, phrase "bride squad." <laughs> <laughs> Taylor Swift might have a lot of a lot to answer for. So uh, that sounds like a hashtag. I mean, Charlie,
5: I just cannot wait for all your hashtag "bride squad" Instagram moments <laughs> over the
1: coming week. We've been waiting
2: a long time. <laughs>
1: The saga of, of of how to be a chic bridesmaid has, has preoccupied Charlie for it. and us actually by extension. <laughs> well,
2: this is
5: this is my second attempt this year so. to be tackled in a future episode of <laughs> Telegraph
4: Fashion Unzipped. I feel definitely, Lisa. What are you looking forward? To? I'm
1: I'm very excited about going to Hamburg tomorrow. Even though I have to um, leave my house at five a.m., it's for the Chanel show. Carl going back to his 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 home his home in Germany, and um, Carl, I, Carl Lagerfeld. Sorry, Carl Lagerfeld, my best at Carl. First <laughs> <Best> name terms. <laughs> and um, I've never been to Hamburg, and in fact, I haven't been to Germany for since since I did A level German, and um, so I'm really I'm really curious.
4: How do you, do you say see? fashion in German?
1: Um, die Kleider is clothes. I know that. Um, was it be moda? I don't know.
4: So. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> That's it from us this week, guys. We'd love to hear from you with what you think. Email us at unzipped at telegraph.co.uk. And of course, follow and message us at telegraph fashion on Instagram and comment on the stories. We really do read the comments. And we really like nice ones. Come back next week for more conversations on lots of different fashion topics still to be determined, but I'm sure it'll be engaging and exciting for everyone. And with that, guys, I think that we should celebrate our first podcast, taking cues from Charles Jeffrey, winner of the British Emerging Talent Menswear Award.
3: I'm going to literally boogie. I'm going to drink. I'm going to boogie. Where?
4: Right here, right now? Probably right here
3: right now, yeah.
4: (laughs) (laughs) If only we didn't have to go back to the office now. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Check back next week for another episode of Telegraph Fashion Unzipped.